Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ann and Ellis Podcast. No, God, please, no! going on megan episode 51 of the and in ellis one we are back uh we are so excited we spent a lot of time chatting about topics like things that we're going to share with you today it's just some of our daily conversations as friends and business partners and we're going to bring it to you we are talking about things just we narrowed it down to five that we don't do in our business anymore um, across our business together our businesses individually things that we may have done in the past uh and we want to share it with you we hope you find it helpful so you want to yeah. dig in and start sharing yeah, let's the, go. Let's get right the tea, right let's <laughs> jump right in this one i did forever and ever amen and i sometimes still have a hard time with it I don't do it. We don't do it anymore. We don't believe that we need every client. Oh, amen. Amen. It, it hurts your heart a little bit sometimes. And I know who I'm talking to right now. If you are building a business and you're like, I do though. I do. I've been in your shoes. Yeah. Bring them all in. I'm taking everybody um, right back. I'm going to go up a hill. Let's go. Let's do it. You start to, you start to feel the weight very quickly, very quickly. You do. You do. And I don't blame you if you are in business right now and you think you do because you you're built, you're trying to build your business. And so I actually, the way I feel about this is I think it's okay to be in that mindset in the beginning because you learn why you don't right it's it's impossible to tell somebody that you don't need every client not every client's for you until you've experienced it i think if people just went in and were like oh okay where do i even filter how do i filter what who do i say no to who is not for me you don't know that until you've been through it agreed right yes but, um i think you have to come to that point in your own business and it takes some time but what i mean by that is that uh and even as a venue, I'll give you an example, because we don't necessarily as venue owners have a filtering process where we can like tell somebody no. I mean, I guess we could maybe some venue owners, if you do that, you know, um, you just say, hey, we're not a good fit. But I do it in ways that I during the exploratory process of a tour or in meetings. So um, number one, if I just get a bad vibe or somebody asking questions over email or things that we don't do. I used to try to like, well, we typically don't, but we could make it work. I just don't do that anymore. Softer and softer. Now all of a sudden they're just molding you and your business out of clay and they can make and create whatever they want. Absolutely. If it right? crumbles, if it, you know, holds up, it holds up. But again, you don't want to give up that much control. Totally agree. I agree. So I'm more firm. I'm like, I'm sorry, we don't do that. No, that isn't something that we do. We, that's not possible. Um, even in a tour I had recently, I had a client that 
it was nothing wrong with what they wanted, but it, I knew it didn't work in our venue. I knew the outcome of trying to do it. Yep. So I said, I'm just going to be honest. We're not the venue for you if that's what you want to do. And they kind of looked at me and I said, I would rather be honest with you. I could lie to you and tell you that we can make this work and I would not be, be being honest. You wouldn't like the experience. And they didn't end up booking. And every once in a while, I'll get a client who will be like, oh, okay, well, we love you so much. We'll change our plans. But for the most part, they went somewhere else. And that was totally fine. And guys, it has taken me how many years to get to that point where I'm actually okay with that. Are you okay with some clients not being for you? Or did, did you struggle with that in the beginning of your DJ career? Yeah, You know, when I first started DJing, I took on everything and anything. And then I asked questions later. And maybe... I'm just a little bit different as far as my initial mindset goes when I first got in. Cause it's like, bring me all of the crazy situations and, and you've had them. crazy clients and crazy parents, because I knew it was going to be really valuable tools for me to build on. And, um, and we could probably do an entire podcast about this subject as far as not every client is for you, but I'm a big believer in you acquire the kind of clients you deserve. And we have a class that is truly all about that. And I spoke at a DJ conference about three-ish years ago. I spoke for almost an hour about that exact same topic. You acquire the clients you deserve. And I think we live in a world right now where everybody wants to get in, right? Like everybody wants to be uh, noticed and they want their business to be noticed and they want to take on all this market share and they want to scale. And they want to take on all these weddings. <clears throat> when in reality, if you can start to like today, like if you can start today to just practice these elevated fundamentals with your business and it to me it starts with getting back to leads as quickly as possible like, really, that's that's like 70 percent of it and from there you can start to captivate your clientele and that's where you can start to set different expectations for yourself and for your business and a lot of business owners or, or more specifically individuals in the wedding industry they're uh specifically i guess even more specifically, those that are newer, is they're very reluctant to come across as rigid or um, not pleasant or open and willing. And you can do both at the same time. There's an art to doing it that, yes, comes with experience, but it also just really comes down to knowing and understanding that everything you're about to say, you have to execute on. Or anything that you just promised these clients that they could do, you have to execute. You have to deliver. This isn't, as I always say, this isn't selling life insurance. This isn't selling anything that's intangible. You are selling something that you're going to have to do. Yeah, <laughs> right. So when I've had these clients in the past that are like, we want to do these types of introductions and we want it to go from here to there. And can you read this? And then you can you do this and this and this and this. New Riley, you know, back meaning like new to the industry, Riley would have been right. like, oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yes. I'll figure it out. And then the day comes and you're like, oh my God, I didn't sleep the night before. Yeah. I'm like, why did I say yes to this? Why did I say I could execute? So 
you really want to be careful. And right now is the time to start refining the expectations mutually. So yeah, absolutely. And like you said, what I love that you said is that you can do both. You can have, I think people get it twisted and think that like, I, that's ego, like you're not for me. And yeah. I'm only, for, you know, it's no, it's just figuring out what you really can execute on what your vibe is. And it's not ego at all. It's almost more of like, I can't serve you as well. I can't do the things you want. It's almost saying ego is being like, I'm the best and I'll do whatever. That's almost where taking every client comes in. You have to push your ego aside and say, I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm capable of. I know who I'm interested in working with. I I'm not going to take everybody. So you know, and you can do it with kindness. Yeah. Another little tip that I would recommend wedding professionals start implementing is exploring how individuals outside of your industry set their own expectations. Oh, right? yeah. Like pay attention to as as crazy as it sounds, go to like the Four Seasons website or or what's what's the um Blackberry Farm? Yeah, in Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Go on their website mm -hmm. and start diving deeper into how they run weddings. And I believe they have all types of information on how it works if and when you were to get married there. Mm -hmm. And if you read, there's a lot of limitations. Yep. But guess what? You have to have those things in order to really uphold that vibe and 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 the principles and and the foundation and integrity of a brand like that you know so they start to kind of nip it in the bud ahead of time so they don't even have to address those things and you just kind of know and that's what i see a lot of uh one two three year wedding professionals they're just they're still too vast in the things that they're willing to do when in reality you don't have to do that and it's going to increase your longevity and sustainability, the more specific you can get. Yeah, hundred percent. So that's number one. We Love do it. not believe every client is for us anymore. Um, and, and it's true. And in our mutual businesses as well, we were trying to take things on, learn some lessons the hard way, and we've <laughs> learned what's for us and what isn't for us. And again, don't feel bad if you're in the middle of learning that lesson too. It's pretty normal as a business owner and entrepreneur. Yes. Um, I have this list I'm referring to, so I'm going to go off it. So, but based on what we just said, I'm going to switch up the order of the things that we talked about. The next thing that we don't do anymore. And I, again, people pleaser felt like I needed all the business, all the things is we don't make changes to our contracts for clients anymore. Yep. I always felt like in, when I would get asked, can we tweak this? Can we do that? And again, there's exceptions to, to rules. I understand, but I was felt like the times I did that the request wasn't unreasonable, maybe, right? Like, oh, okay, I could do this. Yeah, that, you know, da, da, da. I don't do that anymore. We don't do that anymore. Um, it's just not healthy. It, again, you're starting to do things that don't make sense. You can't execute on, maybe you've never experienced. It's not fair to all of your other clients. I would highly encourage people, even if it means losing a client, if you can implement that from the beginning, don't change your contract, don't tweak it, don't do little exceptions here and there, um, especially when it comes to contracts and language and all of that. Now, we always have the philosophy of under promise over deliver at an event. That is for sure our mantra. 
but the contract itself is there for a reason. Do, and I would do say you have do a specific more. example of what you used to kind of keep payment it schedules? Got it. Yeah, okay. payments. People be like, can I just tweak? And pay, can I, you know, I can't, can you just split my payments up? Payment schedules where people would ask to tweak that all the time. Um, oh gosh, like, oh, if I don't need this thing, can I swap it for that thing? You know, so uh, little things like that. Uh, usually it ended up being like financial or time in the space. People would want to tweak. Um, I'm trying to think of other things, but yeah, I mean, again, they seem reasonable. But well, it not. ends up, yeah, they're not. And it ends up being a management nightmare. And then I feel like it's not fair to one client over another. And no. usually to us, truly what it was with my team is like a management nightmare because it's like, okay, their payments different. And we have software that we use to manage all of that, but still, you know, or they get that. Okay. Why did we give them that? You know? Um, and again, it all falls back into thinking I needed every client and, you know, being willing to make little changes and, and I'm just not anymore. And 99.9% .9 of the time when I say I'm not willing to do that, people are absolutely fine yeah. um, with it. So I would advise against doing that. Yeah. Something else I do, again, we talked about it a lot. We'll continue talking about it a lot is having your clients initial next to each line on your contract. I started doing that because yeah. you told me that's, that's what you do. Amen to that. Everybody, if you're not doing that in your contracts right now, do it because do we all know that clients breeze through their contracts. Yeah. I mean, and bless their hearts. They're probably signing a DJ contract, a venue contract, a floral, they're signing Ted contracts. Yep. yep. But if you get them to initial, I think that's so smart. So we started yeah. doing that. Yeah. I, on my, uh, in the email that I send to clients that, book me as their DJ, um, I sent out a video. Um, I, I, I recorded the video a while back. It's on YouTube. It's unlisted. So nobody can see it other than client that has a link. And I explain the process in about 30 seconds. I okay. explain what you can use to pay. I explain how the final payment works. I explain why I have a line, or I'm sorry, a place to initial next to each line, I promote and encourage them to read the contract. I kind of make a joke to say, I promise you it's not, I'm far from a lawyer. I'm far from, you know, an attorney. So I tried to make it as simplistic as possible. Now on the back end, an attorney helped me write it. Um, Wait, I thought you were an attorney though. Yeah, believe it no. or not, I'm not, I'm not. I, I've watched, uh, seven episodes of suits on Netflix. Well, so that pretty I've much kind means of you pass the bar so. pretty much. I think it would be awesome being a lawyer, by the way. That I, did I, I, told you, I got, you I got went, into law school. I never went. Okay. You never went. Yeah. I thought I was going to, uh, I thought that's what I wanted to do. What I wanted to actually do was I worked at a hospital in Madison, Wisconsin and, uh, did contract negotiations with the, the hospital's unions. And I just found that so fascinating and, and that's what I wanted to go into, but life took me another direction. So yeah. So we're both, I mean, I got into law school. You've watched Suits a lot. Yeah. Pretty much could put, you know, lawyer, whatever. But the thing is, I'm, I'm an idiot. So uh, I averaged probably a two point something GPA in high school. Now, again, a lot of that was due to me. Just I truly 
did not yeah care. you probably didn't care yeah probably you're not an idiot you just ever weren't interested well when you start co start talking con i mean we've worked with attorneys with certain things even like yeah, anyways i digress going to banks and talking about real estate contracts and oh my god it's like you there's no way you're not just making this verbiage <laughs> right? like you're you're doing this on purpose so it's so convoluted and confusing that you're just Ugh, i'll just sign it it's just a hell of a lot you're like right. terms and conditions when you buy and agree to apple's terms and conditions it's just can you like somebody had to write that though like you know, know. Like you're scrolling through all of that verbiage like somebody had to write that and that verbiage has to hold up in court so god bless copyright attorneys and uh it's a reason why they get paid what they pay get paid i guess ai so, is gonna do it from now on though uh, so they're out of what? gonna be out of a job unfortunately you're ready, you're ready. <laughs> pretty soon so yeah so don't change your contract i mean if you feel like you have a solid contract and it's and again you probably should consult an attorney or somebody to make sure it's in in good shape but uh that way but don't tweak it don't just take my advice if don't don't do that from day one and you'll be, you'll be much better yeah. off. The other thing that we do not do, number three, um, is we do not hire quickly anymore. I'll preface that with any more. Um, there are times we're actually going through some staffing changes right now. And in the past, and you've done this, I've done this, we've panicked, we've, we need people, we need, you know, let's bring this person on. They sound great. Like we throw them into a role and every time, it just never works out. Um, so what do you do, right? If you're like, well, I need people. I need, you know, in this situation, I'm currently going through, we're having a staff overturn. So we've got some people with life changes and moving. I'm picking up the slack. And it isn't ideal as a business owner to pick up the slack in the interim sometimes. But, and, and some of my team are actually as well. So I've got team members, I've got amazing team members. And so they are, they are as well. But uh, I have learned lessons through my life that I would rather do that. I've done it in every business I've owned. I will pick up the slack until I have the chance to take the time to bring the person in. Um, and one of the courses I'm going to be teaching is how to onboard someone in the wedding industry. We have a very unique process that we now do. It isn't fast. Uh, but it has been so much better for longevity for us and for that person, right? So, you know, that person needs to see how we do things. Like, there's so many people in our industry that are like, I want to work in the wedding industry. I want to work in events. And they don't really understand to no fault of their own what they're getting themselves into. Um, all the reasons I could list why, but uh, we found a process through trial and error. So hopefully when you take my course, you'll get to like benefit from my mistakes. <laughs> um, and you'll see the process is slow. Yeah. And it's much, I'm not saying it's foolproof, but it's much slower. It's better for the person coming on board. It's better for us. So yeah. Wouldn't you agree that we've had times where you know, we've, which is a good problem to have. We have a lot of business. We need people, but we do not, we don't jump the gun on hiring people anymore. Yeah. I still can't help, but get really excited when somebody approaches me and they express interest in <clears throat> the things that we're doing, right? Yeah. Or if somebody comes to me and they ask about getting into the world of wedding DJing or venue management or day of coordination, you know, the list goes on and on with things that we're kind of attached to and involved with. 
And you just, you have to remind yourself just because they tell you that they're interested doesn't mean that they're ever going to be all in or willing to commit to the level that you have. And I think that's one of the hardest things mm -hmm. when running a business where you need other people, right? It's like you need other people. Yeah. Um, and so your emotions can get the best of you sometimes where it's like, I'm this individual's good enough. Yeah. And that individual may be good enough for six months to a year. And now all of a sudden you realize like, oh man, like they're, they're dropping the ball here. They're dropping the ball there. I'm not quite sure if we can fix this. Um, but you keep going with your business anyways. And now all of a sudden you look back and you're like, man, my whole business has changed. Like what, what are we doing here? And it, what, what is the, what is a uh, higher, slow, fire, fast? Yeah. That's right? a Gary, Gary V says yeah, that and yeah. he is not wrong. He's yeah. absolutely right. Thank you, Gary, for that. And hiring slow is a challenge because you mm -hmm. want to just get them on board and you want them to get going and you want them to take over responsibilities so you don't have to do them anymore. And just doesn't happen that way. Like you have to really give them this tender, loving care to make sure before you pass that baton off that they are worthy of holding and running with that baton. Yeah, you trust absolutely. them to sprint with that thing, you know? Absolutely. So and, and if you're in the point in your business, I'm at the point in my business where there's some things I don't do as much anymore that I did in the beginning, like run a wedding. And, and I can tell you with all 100% honesty and truth, when I come back to it, and I get back into it a little bit, it makes me a better leader because I'm reminded of how hard it is or what actually happens. If, if you've never been that deep in your business and you don't know who you're hiring, if you haven't done the job they're going to do, at least to some respect, uh, or you don't kind of dip your toe back in it every once in a while, uh, I think that's a negative. I think it every now that I've jumped back and I'm doing some more weddings this fall, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. You know, I I know I I know exactly what this. So I remember this comes right back to me, and um, it helps me be a better leader and helps me really make good decisions when bringing people on board. For sure. So for sure. So we don't do it anymore. We take our time, and that can be a little bit painful, uh, but it really works for us and uh, has benefited us. The other thing that I don't do anymore, and I want to be careful, and you don't do that. Well, you do this a little bit. I think, but you do it, I think you do it with enthusiasm, right? I, I think you, you crave it a little bit. So this was, this is a tricky topic to talk about because I have kind of two sides of the coin, but the thing I thought of, or the thing we chatted about was I don't work myself to the point of exhaustion anymore. Mm. And that doesn't mean I want to preface that with, I am of the, the school of thought that working your ass off is really the only way to get to be successful. Like I, I don't know another way. If somebody can teach me, you know, I don't think there's a shortcut. Right. And I get frustrated by people who think there is a shortcut. What I'm saying is I've changed things so that I'm still putting in the work. I'm just finding more effective ways to do it. I used to think that to be good or to, you know, prove myself, I had to work myself to the point of being absolutely exhausted. I'm just working smarter, I'm still working my butt off. Right. So I'll give you an example. Uh, tours. 
Uh, I do most of the tours for our venues and we do a lot of them and we have a very high end experience for our tours. I'm very proud of it. I'll be teaching a course on this as well. So not an advertisement, just talking about all the courses, right? It can be an advertisement. It is an advertisement. I know. As I said, I'm like, shush you, shush. It is. Yeah. If you want to know, I mean, I get tons and tons and tons of very heartfelt compliments on our tours but they were absolutely killing me. Like it was exhausting me to do the volume to do that. And I'm like, I don't want to change it. I don't want to change it. I don't want to give up that excellence of experience, but I wrapped my head around, like, I can't keep going at this pace. So Remind me real quick, how many, what, what's your record for uh, tours in a day? Seven. Seven. I, okay. If for, for those that are listening that have done or do wedding venue tours, Imagine doing seven of them. I do not know how you did that. After two, I'm exhausted. Yeah. After two, I'm like, oh man, because that's not that's not a bad thing to say. That means we're giving everything mm -hmm. we've got to these clients. We want them to we want them to feel as if they were the only tour that we had that day. To do seven, I can't even comprehend that. I really can't. I like crawled out of the venue. I was so mentally and physically exhausted because to give, for those of you who don't know, our tours take at least an hour, about an hour, 15, sometimes an hour and a half. So, you know, it was a 10 plus hour day and it's just, I do 90% of the talking surprise, surprise. And um, yeah. And so I'm like, I can't continue at this pace. Right. So I tried lots of different things and finally figured out, which I'll share in my class. I think I've got a gem of a, I, an idea. It's working really well. It's, I, again, just did one of these tours, this type of tour this past weekend. Um, I'm not losing any of the experience. In fact, I think it's been enhanced. The people were like, this is amazing. I walked out feeling, I think, you know, my head grew. Yeah. Right. Great. Uh, they were really impressed. I was yeah, like, oh. and it, it, I'm not exhausted anymore. Yeah. So uh, it's still a lot of work, but, um, so, I mean, what would you say on that topic as, as I, far as not working to the point of exhaustion? Uh, I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, I was definitely that guy. Um, I, I kind of found like a sick pleasure in it though at the same yeah. time you know i'm a provider you know i'm very proud to provide for my family um i take that responsibility very seriously um i find a lot of joy in providing i'm very blessed to be in a position that i can provide by doing something that i love um or a plethora of things that i love that can diversify our income a little bit there's a lot of sacrifice and commitment that comes with being the sole provider of a household. It's, 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 if it's what you sign up for, um, as a husband or as a wife, um, there's a lot that comes with that, you know? Um, and so that being said, you cut to today, I am not necessarily working myself to exhaustion, but at the same time, I am borderline educating myself to exhaustion, if that makes sense. Sure. But, but again, I'm finding a lot of pleasure in that because I feel like the things that I'm learning, as an example, 
learning how to edit video um, and all the things that come with that, right? We, we, we got a drone. Um, we're doing a three camera podcast setup with a video switcher and studio lighting. And uh, we've got this Rodecaster Pro 2. Uh, shout out to Rode. I think they are the absolute best. Feel free to sponsor this podcast if you would like. And send I've got my Rode it. microphone right here yeah. and my yeah. headphones. So yeah. they Shout to... out to Sure. Man, the microphones are the best. Um, so that being said, I would have been a fool to think I could just learn those things as I went along and like we just troubleshoot as we go. That's not the way that world works. Like we want to put out a really great uh, product to anybody that is taking time out of their day to listen or to watch what we're doing. And so being that three on the Enneagram that I am, my goal is to provide value. And sometimes you want to provide value to exhaustion. And you do that at the mercy of a lot of the people that you love and care about around you. My wife, Melissa, and I, which I would love to have her on the podcast sometime, we have these conversations a lot where I think one of the biggest, I guess you could say, um, points of contention or just kind of a conflict in our marriage is that at times she feels like I give myself to everybody else and then she kind of gets what's left over. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. Yeah. And yeah. I'll be the first one to tell you, I can absolutely be guilty of that. And it's a really hard thing to turn off because I don't want to disappoint people. I don't want to disappoint Megan when I'm telling her, when we get into the studio, I got you. It's taken care of. I'm not going to allow the both of us to sit down and we start pressing record. And now that camera's not working and that's not working. And this has weird things going on with it. It's not to say that you can't help the technical glitches that happens all the time, but like, I want to have that control over making sure that I can provide, right? Like right. I can provide a quality product. So that can get addicting. That can get, um, uh, I, I don't even want to say overwhelming because something else I'm learning about myself is that I fight the feeling of being overwhelmed by working. <laughs> Oh, well, you're just working through it. Yeah. You're like, I got to put my head down and get to work, you know? And I yeah. think that's what you said too, is, is, is really honest and transparent too about it. it if you're enjoying it, like if you're, I, I know we have to talk about this drone footage you got today and you have yeah, the drone yeah. and, but when you're enjoying it, then I think that's different. You know, when you're exhausted and and miserable or like I was getting to the point where I was dreading doing tours, it's like something has to change. And I thought I just had to like, it was, I just had to do it. Right. That's just part of it. Like just yeah. keep doing it, keep doing it. And I was like, no, you can change it. You can, you can change it. There's not much in this world that even with our businesses that we can't redo or change. And sometimes it means a little income loss or it means a little this or a little that, but if it brings you health and happiness again, it's worth it for you. And again, I'm, I love working too. And I, I, I do. And we've talked about this. It's like, as long as it's you know healthy for you or you feel good about it, then rock yeah. on. Right. Nobody that that's, I think the good thing, if you're not feeling good about it, that's the bad thing. And I'm yeah. feeling good about your drone footage. This is a new thing Riley's working on. He shot some amazing film of Ashton Hill today. It was incredible. Yeah, I, I, well, thank you. I, Again, I'm I'm just an amateur, just getting into it. 
it is so much fun. I, I took the drone out. We need to come up with a name for the drone. Um, and I like human names. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Think about Kevin, it. Get back to Kevin. me. We'll get a vinyl sticker and, and we'll put it on the drone. Uh, bought a DJI Mini 4 Pro. Uh, this thing shoots in 4K. I mean, it's ridiculous. Anyways, um, what was my whole point to getting into the drone? I don't know. You're new at oh, it. Oh, You're learning okay. it. Yeah. So I, so I sent a message to uh, Ben Libby and Reed Shepard, two just freaking incredible <laughs> cinematographers. My God. And I said, hey, number one, I have so much respect for what you guys do because me learning... Yeah, I'm 10% in probably as far as the knowledge that I have versus what they have, but just shout out, respect. You guys are badasses. And uh, he was like, can I share that on my story? Like that text message? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Because he's like, I don't think a lot of people understand how much work goes into editing. Oh. And they don't. People have no idea. Mm -mm. And listen to me sound like a video editor. I'm not people. I'm not trying to come across that way. But again, it's like you dip your toe in the water and you start to be like, oh, because the more your your toe is in that water, the more you're like, oh, this thing is deep. <laughs> like, yeah. I have respect for the water that I'm. I may drown right now. Because <laughs> there's. Oh, okay. This, there's like levels to this. It's no different than when I'm watching Asher do jujitsu. He competes on Sunday, his very or a, a Saturday, his very first tournament, and I try to tell him, listen, man, I don't care. Your your mom and I, we don't care if you win every single match or you lose every single match. Do we hope you win everyone? Yeah, of course. But you need to understand, bro, that like there's levels to this. And there are some kids that you're going to be rolling against that have this is their 17th competition. Yep. Like just understand that step one is competing. My respect and admiration for my little man skyrocketed, right? Like when he just wanted to do that. Absolutely. And it's it's no different and so i have to kind of like if he's going to go off and do those things and isla's going and dancing in front of a bunch of people she's kind of an introvert right like she she's a she's like a a weirdly extroverted introvert which i think is a thing um when she's around people that she knows she's like the most you know animated you know full of energy personality and then she gets around other people that she doesn't know and she's like she shuts down until she gets comfortable but they're all trying new and fun things at eight years old that it's like, you know what? I want to challenge myself in certain ways and in certain areas. And so this whole drone thing is, is, is one of them. And, um, it's really good because it provides us great content, especially for, for your venues. Yeah. Um, but, but the, but the last thing I'll say on this subject and this topic, uh, shout out to Jeff Palmer, Jeff Palmer, uh, him and his son Cody own Knapp Creek event center in Walford. Our company mm -hmm. manages the venue. And as I was getting to know Jeff, who is a very successful businessman and has uh, and continues to run different businesses and owns real estate and buys and flips and does all of these things. And just I have a lot of admiration for what he does and how he runs his businesses. He said, Riley, you got to really be careful. I think I asked him straight out or straight up over lunch. I'm like, what is like the number one piece of advice you have for somebody who is either trying to diversify their income or just somebody that's trying to be quote successful. And he said, make sure you're not majoring in minors. Love that. Do not major in a minor. And what he meant by that was, I think so many of us, we get caught up into yes, working ourselves to exhaustion. And we don't want to face the fact that what we're working on is very much a minor, right? It's, it's almost like if you owned 
a really successful, I'm making this up as I go, so bear with me here, people, but like a really successful coffee shop, right? And the coffee shop, it's 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 good, not great, but you're making good money, your clients are happy, and there's different areas that you could be focusing on to make it a really good product. But right in front of your coffee shop, you're selling um you're selling donuts, right? And no matter what, if you were to sell a million donuts a day, by the time you factor in the cost of making the donuts, the labor to make the donuts, that you're coming out with like a 7% profit margin or something like that. When in reality, your focus should be on the actual coffee shop, like subcontract the donuts or get rid of the donuts. That's not going to enhance your business as much as you think it will. That's just purely ego. But if you want to really start majoring in a major, start focusing on the coffee shop, because as we both know, selling the donuts in front of that coffee shop is a minor. So why the hell are you spending all of your time and energy and effort on something like that? So Maybe that was a terrible example. I don't no, know. It's 100% true. People try to diversify too much. They try to um, add in things, you know, for more income or whatever, or be everything to everybody. And they're majoring in minors, you know, when they should. And I think a lot of it is when you have a point of tension in your business and you just don't want to face it, you don't want to fix it. It's kind of a, you're escaping reality a little bit. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of people that if they just narrowed their focus, on what their core business was and what they're good at yeah. instead of going off on a million different tangents, yeah. they would be, they'd be much better off. Absolutely. Um, so number five, the last piece of wisdom that we have is that we don't believe both of us individually together as business owners, we don't believe that bigger is better. We don't believe that more is, is better. It isn't. We used to. Oh, hundred percent. We, we wanted to take on the world I wanted 9,000 venues. Uh, we, you know, we wanted to run the world and it just isn't better. Now, if you have a business and you have massive growth and that's your dream, I'm not putting anybody's dream down, but for me personally, for you, for us, we want to be refined. We want to have excellence within what we do. Um, we just want to be really good in our niche. And I think what people sometimes misunderstand is you can make great income being smaller and well-defined and refined. You can have a beautiful life um, and keep things small. Um, I just, I, you know, and it's a lot of work running a successful business. You know, it just really is. So I don't, gosh, and you know, I don't know about you. I listen to a lot of motivational podcasts and business related podcasts. And there's always talk of growth and leveling up and blah, 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 blah. And what I've had to change about the way I think about that is it doesn't mean that you have to have more. It just means leveling up like kind of where you're at. Does that make sense? Just again, okay. refining, adding another um, like great habit or just, you know, making sure you're really tuned into your current team. It doesn't mean that you have to just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I struggle with that sometimes because I am, you know, I, I easily get motivated and, you know, I could do, I could take on the world. And here's the other thing about that. If you're a business owner and if you think if I had another business, if I, you know, could I be successful, make money? And yeah, I mean, you, you could, you absolutely could. Right. 
Um, and then that's not ego talking. You just know you've, you've perfected your art. You you're good at what you do, but you also know what that means and that toll that plays on you. And, and it's just not worth the trade-off. So I think <clears throat> if I could give any advice, into my journey already. And, and I think you would say the same is just refine what you have. You know, you can build more income, getting better at what you do. You don't have to have massive growth or massive market share. Um, it's just not necessarily better. Yeah. The, the level of respect and admiration that I have for those that have not only stayed true to themselves and their brand and business, but they've stayed true to their definition of growth has always and will continue to increase. Mm -hmm. um, I'm always really, really impressed by those that can operate without this need to amplify the overall optics of their business for the sake of just amplifying the optics of their business, right? Because the big shift for us was, yeah, we could manage a bunch of venues if we really, really went at it. Like, there's no question we would have a ton of venues in our portfolio. But being able to tell somebody that and being able to execute on making sure that all of those venues are operating at the level that we would want them to operate at would be extremely difficult. And it takes away from a lot of who we are as individuals, right? And so we want to stay creative and we want to do the things that bring us the most amount of joy and happiness. And I think if you can truly set your ego aside and really limit who you're listening to or watching or whatever the case may be, because that can really start to generate this level of hype that on the outside looking in, it's, it's, it appears like that's the route to take. But in reality there, there, it really is. There's something to be said for being, you know, lean and mean and getting to the green. Like that's, that's oh really the way that I've looked at it is the more you can refine and I, I think that's something that cannot be stressed enough. Like with with uh, the DJs that I'm coaching, I tell them like really be careful before you start investing in all of these things. You know, do you have to, or mm -hmm. or do you want to? And and if you feel like you have to to stay relevant, I'm sorry, but I, I really believe you're mistaken. And here's a different path you can take that you can now take on even a little bit more volume. Like you can, you can increase your volume 10, 15, 20% every year and not necessarily feel yourself either a having to arrive at these weddings three hours earlier than you should have or need to. And then now you're two hours to tear down. And I mean, the list goes on and on depending on what you're doing in the wedding industry. But, uh, I love refined brands. I've said that many times in this podcast, but I'm always so impressed because I just, I rarely see them. And when you do, you're like, man, you are undeniable. Yep. And you have all these other people trying to figure out what the hell it is that you're doing. When in reality, you've just really been in control of, of your growth. What a beautiful thing to be in full control of your growth and what you're doing, what you're not doing, who you are, who you aren't. I mean, that's, that's the evolution that I want to be on in my life, right? I agree. Being truly true to who you are. 
I agree. So there you have it. The five things that we don't do or we don't believe about yeah. business anymore. Hope you found it helpful. Yeah, we certainly do. And, you know, as we move into the new studio, maybe, just maybe, uh, we will be moved in uh, by the time episode 52 rolls around. Uh, we're just waiting on some decor and just kind of fine-tuning some things. But um, we're really excited to shift into yet another kind of phase and format of our podcast that will hopefully be an even more impactful conduit from uh, those that, for those that are watching and, and listening, where we can start to dive a little bit deeper into other individuals that, that, we've discovered and that we want to really like bring into the spotlight that they're preaching just some incredible truths to the wedding industry and having those individuals on as guests um for those that are listening if 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 you uh have certain topics that you want us to cover we continue receiving some really great emails um some really great private messages uh from individuals that are listening and they love this topic and they love that topic and we're gonna keep putting our foot on the gas there. But if there's any other elements that you want us to dive deeper into, please let us know. You can follow us uh, on Spotify. Uh, I'll put up our another screen here, this banner. So Spotify, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, of course. Um, it's kind of the, the prime source of all things video, TikTok, and then Apple Podcasts and Facebook. So if you have yet to follow us, please do be sure you are subscribing, um, leaving us a review on any one of these channels. That would be great. But uh, I know I've said this three or four times now over the last several podcasts, but we just cannot wait to get into this new studio. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be amazing. Well, thank you all so much and we'll catch you next week.